hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back. He's out. Dad Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnabush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 86 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today's episode is a bracket breakdown of the Clash of the Coast tournament. I brought in the big guns for this one, folks. I brought in John from the Hockey Fight League um, Instagram page. And for those of you who follow the, uh, my account, you've probably seen him on there plenty of times commenting and uh, reposting stuff. And he also is a huge ECHL fight fan um, and follows the guys. So I figured what better person to bring on to help me break down the bracket and you know, kind of go through the names and talk about who we think would win the fights. Um, and that was, of course, John from the Hockey Fight League. So uh, but before we get into the episode, of course, I got to give a shout out to the other friends of the podcast, Fourth Line Voice, Darren. I was actually just recently on his show. He just actually came out the episode today. And I actually did an ECHL kind of year in review, talking about kind of some of the fighters and the fights that happened this year and how everything was kind of shaken out compared to last year. So I encourage you to go over and check that episode out. But check out Darren's show as a whole. He also is the the grandfather of the Enforcer podcasting world. He was the uh, kind of the first one to do it. So always give, uh, always got to give respect to our elders over there. Fucking Darren. Um, no, I kid. But seriously, go check out Darren's show. He's got a great back catalog of guests. Uh, Josh Mazur, John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedaranko, Clark Wilm. The list goes on. So please do me a favor and go check out Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice. And the other guest to go check out, or I shouldn't say guest, the, excuse me, the other podcast to go check out is Joe Lazito over at not only the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box, but the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. And Joe does a fantastic job where he covers, obviously, with the Coliseum Chronicles, he covers Islanders, Enforcers, and Tough Guys. And with the Nordiques Knuckles, you can imagine that it's strictly Nordique, um, qu- excuse me, Quebec Nordique players that he interviews and all these guys are typically in the tough guy or the enforcer role and involved with the team in some way, shape, or form. So I encourage you to go check that out. Joe does a fantastic job over there. Um, I don't have too, too much in this intro for, for everybody. Um, I guess uh, the only thing I want – well, actually, I do – I have one thing. The I want to give a shout-out to Byron and Haley out in Norfolk. They were kind enough to, uh, you know – 
Showed me a good time out there at Norfolk, and we hit the bar pregame and before we go in to go see the Admirals take on the Reading Royals, and what a great time. It's funny, you know, you, and Byron and Haley are two folks that I, I, I met via, you know, Insta, or like through Instagram, um, and I'm following the account, and they said, because uh, once I made a post that I was going out to Instagram, they basically said, you know, hey, let us know, and uh, we could grab a drink or something, and they ended up actually, you know, buying a, they bought me my ticket for the Norfolk Admirals game, so. Thank you for that, and had to make sure I bought bought a couple rounds or whatever when we got there. And um, it's funny, like I said, when you when you meet these people, it's it's always we. Like, I guess oh, I mean, I, I was talking about it with Darren. I was always raised where you're not supposed to meet up with strangers on the internet, if that makes sense. Um, and now in the world of like the digital age, as you've seen it progress from you know flip phones to iPhones and whatever, and that's just my generation. Like you know, it's you know crazy to think how far technology has progressed from you know the 70s, 80s, 90s, and it's like worlds ahead of where we were. Um, but like I said, I was raised in the age where you're not supposed to meet internet or excuse me, uh, internet strangers. So here I am meeting internet strangers. But oh man, it was a great time and. Yeah, it was like, you know, we we talked like we had knew each other for years and I ended up uh, having a great time with them. So I, I can't thank them enough for um, showing me a great time out there in Norfolk and um, crushing some pregame brewskis with me. We crushed a couple beer towers, threw back a couple shots. It was a good time. Um, and the game was great. I got to see Nico again. Uh, so that was a lot of fun getting to see him. Uh, I think it was like during the second period. Um, he wasn't playing, unfortunately, but he was still in the arena. So it was nice to, nice to catch up with Nico again. I'm definitely going to get him back on the show to do his, it'll be his third time on the show, actually, uh, to kind of do a review for his season that he just had, um, as the Norfolk Admiral season is now over since they didn't make the playoffs. So definitely got to get Nico on. I'm, you know, I I don't want to get on. I know when I try to get a player on, who's just played, I try to give it like, you know, two, three week grace period, um, after their season's over that way they can kind of unwind. That way, you know, they don't have to come onto some losers podcast for a little bit and, uh, you know, entertain my dumbass. So I try to give it a little little time, but I'll definitely be having Nico back on. Um, but overall, with the Clash of the Coast tournament, the response was phenomenal. We had 1,400 votes in the finals uh, between Darian Skio and Sean Allen. And, of course, Sean Allen was the winner. And what a fantastic tournament. The, the whole premise of the tournament was really i mean whoever wins it's just a popularity contest I, there's some people who get you know like hardo feelings about it and get all bummed out and this guy should have won blah 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 it's, yeah it's okay it's really at the end of the day these are all just kind of popularity contests it's um you take it with a grain of salt what it really is there for is just to get these guys uh names out there and have fans come support them and certainly that, that it happened um, plentiful throughout the entire tournament, what I noticed. And I noticed the big the big three that kind of really came out in support of their teams were Worcester, Savannah, and Cincinnati. Those were the big three. And, of course, those guys kind of made it the furthest in the tournament. And uh, Worcester, I can't thank them enough. Uh, they actually had a PA announcement twice out there during game, like mid-game to uh, go vote for Chris Ordebody in the Clash of the Coast tournament. So that was really cool to see. Um and Chris Ordovai is another guy I definitely got to get back on the show to talk about the season he just had. Um, so that'll be happening down the line too. But yeah, the overall response for Clash of the Coast, I had no clue what to do or what to expect going in because I'd never done this before. But the response I got from fans, players, it was awesome. Um, like I said, take the results with a grain of salt. I know you're, if your favoritist didn't win, it's okay. Um, this is all a popularity contest. And really, at the end of the day, it's just a way to get their, get these guys' names out there and fans to support them. And I think we accomplished that goal pretty well. Um, so congratulations to Sean Allen, 
of the Cincinnati Cyclones for winning the tournament. But in this episode, you will hear my like me and John's thoughts and, you know, kind of who we thought should have won each matchup or whatever, just as fight fans, because we don't go full full bore into it, because believe me, if it was John and I dissecting fights, we could be here for about two and a half to three hours, and I really don't think somebody wants to hear two idiots break down a bracket for three hours, so um, kind of we gave it the Cliff Notes version, but I think we still filled about an hour of time, so overall pretty good, but um, the last thing I will mention is I encourage folks to go check out Hit Club Hockey Supply. Uh, they are the ones who will be doing the merch, and um, it sounds like they're getting ready to ship me the samples here pretty soon. So I will be getting those, and once it's all approved, then they will be going up on their website down the line. Um, again, I don't have an exact date. We were shooting for end of April, early early May, so I think we're still I think we're still on track for that. But you know, never never know. So uh, take it with a grain of salt when I say when it'll be out. But it's coming, folks. Believe me. Um, but in the meantime, I encourage you to check out their their other stuff. They got plenty of great clothing out there and uh, hats. They got to you know, keep fighting in the Q hat going on right now because of the QMJHL ban on fighting. They've been getting uh, minor pro athletes involved. So they got Chris Ordabody, Anthony Collins, Shaw Boomauer, Brandon Yemens, um, all part of the, the Hit Club team. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. They got Keegan McGraw, old Paddywhack from the Ice Wars. And it's a it's a great time so far. So it's I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going on with the company and kind of where the brand goes because I, I think it's already the heading in a, in a great direction. So I encourage you to go check out Hit Club Hockey, uh, Hockey Supply, buy some hats, buy some t-shirts, support the boys, um, and be on the lookout for Five for Fighting merch there in the future. And with that being said, I encourage you to follow the podcast on social media. You just find it on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Just search Five for Fighting Podcast. Everything should come up, no problem. Give it a like, follow, whatever you want to call it. And stay up to date on all the latest updates, and I'll post fight clips here and there, or fight pictures, you know, just to keep interaction up and keep it going. So with that out of the way, folks, we will pass it over to myself and John breaking down the Clash of the Coast ECHL Tough Guy Tournament Bracket. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. I hope to catch you guys at the next episode. Have a good one, everybody. This should be good. This should be very good. All right, folks, here today on the Five for Fighting podcast, we have a guy who hasn't been on the podcast in forever. I think it was actually at the very end of last season was the last time you were on for the, our wrap-up uh, review of the East Coast League year that year. Um, but today, we are here to break down the Clash of the Coast Enforcer Tournament that uh, just recently ended, and that is none other than John from the old Hockey Fight League. John, how you doing today, man? I'm, I'm doing excellent, man, and I, uh, I really enjoyed the tournament. And it's, uh, I'm just happy to see you back in full swing with the ECHL. Um, you know, I, I think you're good for the league and it's, you know, whether you're doing your podcast or, uh, or drunk at games, yelling, scaring children, you know, you, you make it more enjoy, uh, enjoyable. So man, uh, I'm glad to have you back. Yeah. Nothing says enjoyable family, family time, like, you know, drunk and <laughs> screaming at children. Um, <laughs> so there's that, uh, but no, man, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast folks. I apologize if you hear my voice kind of go in and out of the mic a little bit here. Uh, I got my iPad off to the right. We got the whole tournament come up. This breaking grounds here. We, me with being tech savvy. It's the first time I've ever used a pot or used the uh, iPad on the podcast. So apologize if uh, you know my mic level is off here and there at times. Um, but that being said, we have. Well, first I guess we'll talk about uh, you know the result of you know who ended up winning, and that was of course Sean Allen of Cincinnati and. Um, John, were you surprised by the end result at all by any chance? Because it was Sean Allen versus Darian Skio, which we'll break it down more, but just your initial thoughts on it. 
No, I actually wasn't too surprised. I, I remember someone leaked my playoff bracket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had on, so on one side, I, I pitched Sean Allen and, and Josh Thrower in the semifinals. Um, I actually had Thrower beating Allen, but, um, and then on the other side, I had Skeo and Claude. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think, um, I think both guys are, it's well-deserving for both guys. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, you know, I don't think I could really be mad at the results, no matter how bad people think we rigged the the tournament. Because believe me, we'll get into it, folks. Yeah, we'll be, me and John both got messages from separate people, or in the some of the same people, <laughs> talking about us rigging a, an ECHL fight tournament. So we'll get into that in a bit. But um, I guess we'll go. We'll start on the left side here of the tournament. We'll kind of break it down. Um, and folks, if you're if you're tuning in and you kind of don't know what the Clash of the Coast was, basically it was a 32-man uh, tournament uh, taking place with current ECHL guys and all hypothetical. I mean, some of these guys fought each other in real life, um, but you know this is all a hypothetical fight tournament. And basically, uh, I put the matchups together in the Instagram uh, story. Is that, that's what it's called, right? The Instagram story? Yeah. yeah the, the story. And um, fans and players were able to vote on who they think would win the matchups. And basically, it was all generated. And I know there's the conspiracy of how, how the, the names were picked and everything like that. And basically, how they were picked was... Um, so, I just kind of... Off the top of my head, thought of 32 guys. There's some guys that might not have been in here, and that was because sometimes if they play in the AHL or something like that, um, if they've been up there with most of the season, then I didn't have them in this tournament. Um, I think the closest one to that parameter, I think, was Mitchell Hurd. He was in the AHL for quite a bit this year, but I think he really split it right down the middle, so that was kind of the, the cutoff point was if they, if they split it down the middle, we'll keep it in there. Um, but fans and players voted on it, and this was the result. But how the, the names came together was I put them all in, and I had my wife click randomize. I, said, I handed her my phone. Once I put all the names, I said, hit random as many times as you want. Just hand me the phone back and that's what we're going to do. And I handed or she handed me the phone back and this was the result. And everything was pretty fine until you get to about the bottom right side of the tournament of the or of the bracket, excuse me. And uh, it was kind of a gong show and in a good way, of course. But some definitely, definitely some matchups that should it sucks that they had to happen in the first round. Uh, we'll put it that way. So um we will start over on the first side here, and that is Sean Allen versus Elms. Uh, John, who did you think you had in that matchup? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Sean Allen got nine fights on the season. Um, uh, fought Lewiski. I give him the win on that one. Geraldo, uh, win on that one. Actually, Wishman, Johnny Walker, I think he won all those. So, Sean Allen had a, you know, he had a great season, man. Um Seems very calm when he fights. Uh, he, he's a legit heavyweight. Um, Josh Elms, uh, nine fights as well. Uh, fought Alex Crom, fought Bent, Crosby, all good fights too. Um, fought Mike McKee. I did have him losing to, to Hargrove. Um, I really like Josh Elms, but I, I got to go with Sean Allen on this one. Yeah, I got to agree. And Elms is a very willing guy, too. Um, like you said, I mean, nine fights on the year. That shows you how willing they are. Um, but Sean Allen, I think, is just in a different category when you, you look at the, the, the height and weight and everything like that and kind of the guys that Sean Allen has fought. So I got to go. I, I was the same way. I went with Sean Allen here. And I don't think I've ever, since since I did the tournament, I don't think I ever gave my picks or anything for who I think would win this. So this is the first time I'm giving folks my 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 hot takes on this lovely tournament. Um the next one, we have, of course, polarizing figure in the ECHL, friend of the podcast, Nico Blashman taking on Colin Felix. Um, 
Me personally, I had Blatchman winning this one. Um, Felix is also another. He's he's like the lone gun out there in in Reading. That whole North Division. If there's a tough guy on the team, it's pretty much well. One, it's few and far between. You got like uh, Turcotte, uh, Felix, Blatchman, but it's all pretty much like that's the one guy um, on each of those teams. So it's definitely the 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 size between these two guys. I think is actually very similar. Um, yeah. I don't have as I say I don't have Felix's height and weight off the top of my head. Nico, I only know because I just I just saw him in Norfolk. Um, but Felix, uh, I was I did actually happen to see him play versus Reading. Of course, nothing happened. Nico wasn't on there to stir the pot, so I didn't think the the Admirals and the Royals were going to get into it at all. But John, who did you have winning this matchup? Yeah, I mean Blacksman, you know, just one of the most active fighters today in hockey. Had 11 fights, I think, this season. Uh, led the league last year as well. I think tied with, um, I think it was Josh Thrower. But um, you know, this season fought Fournier, Olson, uh, fought Josh Thrower. Um, even he fights the best guys. Like uh, you know, he fought uh, Skio when they were both at university. Kyle Marino, Travis Howe, Kyle Newber. Colin Felix, uh, so eight fights for Colin Felix. Uh, like you said, around the same size. I think they listed Felix at uh, 6'1", 195. Um, good win over Van Oshaw. Good fights with Noah Corson, Ryan Smith. I haven't seen Colin Felix fight any elite fighters. And that's not to say he wouldn't be okay against a Nuber or Collins. But um, because I've seen Nico versus tougher competition, I'm, I'm going to go edge blastman. Yeah, I agree, man. I think I think Blatchman's fight card is just a bit better than Felix, and there's no slight to him at all. Um, yeah, and I want to—I I should have said that off the hop, but I want to preface this tournament by saying when me and John say a guy loses, it's not like we're shitting on him because you know it's just—it's um, just our opinion here. This is all all hypothetical and all all for funsies, as they say. So we're not saying you know, oh, Blatchman would beat the fucking doors off of Felix because believe me, there's the needless exaggeration all over social media. You got to see it throughout the entire tournament. So. Um, if any of the boys are out there listening, I hope you don't you don't think we're trying to take a dig at you or anything like that. This is all just for fun, of course, and um, you know, just our humble personal fight nerd opinions because we have nothing else better to do with our time on a Saturday at one in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> but the next matchup was Stefan Fournier versus Cody McDonald. Uh, I had Fournier taking this one. I love McDonald. McDonald's a guy who I wish. He's just been so riddled by the injury bug. He just got back in the lineup last night with Florida after missing another long period of time. And I think he got actually th- I think he got three roughing calls last night against Atlanta. Um but as much as I love McDonald, I think Fournier just has Fournier's got the fight card on him. And McDonald's one of the rare breeds coming at. He came out of the double. You got to see him play in the dub, didn't you? Yeah, I saw quite a bit of McDonald uh, in, in both the WHL and then uh later at uh, Carleton University. He was a teammate of uh Darren Skeeto, so yeah, I've seen I've seen quite a bit of Cody. Yeah, and McDonald, I, I love him. He's definitely a willing guy. Definitely, he's he doesn't shy away from the rough stuff. I remember last season, um, he was out for another extended period of time. Again, he just he, he keeps getting bit by the injury bug, unfortunately. But I remember talking to him up at there's a little sports bar. It's in Hertz Arena called Breakaways. It's like a little bar you can go to before pregame. And um, McDonald happened to be in there. He was with somebody else, and we just got to bullshitting and. Talk and I was like, yeah, man, my, I was like, yeah, I was really excited for you to come to the team or whatever. My buddy was hyping you up out of the dub. Um, and I said, it just sucks. You've been injured so much. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I just, I was like, I don't know what it is. It just sucks right now. But he even said, he's like, yeah, first game back, I'm trying to come in, come in and get in a fight. So <laughs> you gotta, gotta appreciate a guy like McDonald. Um, but Fournier, I think it's just the bigger guy, better fight card in terms of competition. Um, and that's no slight to McDonald. Cause I, I, 
don't think he'd even hesitate about dropping the gloves of Stefan Fournier, but I got to give it to Fournier here. I just think he's got the better, better pedigree on McDonald. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fournier, uh, just the two fights this year. Um, good fight with Blatchman. Um, I have him, uh, I, I gave him the win over, uh, McNulty. Yep. I mean, for the season, he's fought Plotz, Bissonette, uh, Sestito, McQuaid, Newber. Um, Cody, uh, good, uh, good fight with Co- uh, Kobe McCauley this season. Um, he fought, I mean, he fought all the heavyweights in the dub, uh, Steele, Jermaine Lowen, Anya Bucci, uh, had the win over Dawson, but, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Fournier, you know, he's been around for a while and I, I think he gets the job done here. Yeah. I got to agree there. Um, the next one was a fun one and it was funny cause you and I both were like, we didn't, we knew who Maggio was, but we didn't really do a deep dive into his fight card. Uh, but the next matchup was Kelly Bent versus uh, Dan Maggio of Fort Wayne. And I think both of us had Maggio taking this one, correct? Yeah, and I think actually Maggio didn't play since 2020. So I think he kind of, I don't know if it just uh, took a couple years off. or what, Was I, he overseas at all or just, literally just didn't play? Huh. I literally think he didn't play. I could be wrong, but yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he played. But um, yeah, I, man, I love Kelly Bent too. Like he's a yeah. he's middleweight. But, you know, he'll fight anyone, man. Um, throws really fast. Had the six fights this year. Um, this season fought Klotz. Uh, had the win over Keegan Iverson. Good fight with Hargrove. Uh, great fight with Chase Ruddy. Um, win over Tag Bertuzzi. Um, he came out of junior with over 50 fights in the queue. So, you know, he had a lot of, you know, a lot of guys coming out of junior now, you don't, you don't see that. Especially so. out of the queue, you ain't finding 50 fights anymore, I'll tell you that much. Hell no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, Maggio, um, man, his fight against Tyson Houghton is probably one of the best fights of the season. But, um, you know, he's he's got the notorious uh, KO win over McGratton, uh, fought Tristan Grant, Fraser McLaren, Luke Gazdick. Um, Maggio, you know, he's obviously the big name here, but I do think Ben surprises some people and goes toe-to-toe with them. But um, having said that, I am going to go Maggio. Yeah, I agree. I had to go with Maggio as well as my iPad just closed and I got to reopen everything. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, and Maggio, it was funny because I had no clue that that was the guy that knocked out McGratton because I just, I remember that fight, but I, I think I was still in the Marine Corps at the time when that fight even happened. And so I just, you know, it, it kind of went over my head. And then when I looked back and I was, everybody was talking about Maggio coming into the season, I was like, fuck, I got to research this guy. Um and yeah, I had no clue that, that was the dude that knocked out McGratton. But yeah, I think I think Kelly Bent would definitely give him a good run for his money. But I'd, ha- I'd have Maggio taking it taking it towards the end there. Uh, the next fight we actually have, and this was another a fun one. I think that would actually be a lot better fight in real life than people would give it credit to be. Would uh, was Tyson Helgeson versus Josh Thrower? And John, you had Thrower taking this one, right? Um, yes, I did have Thrower. So. Um... Tyson Helgeson, uh, nine fights this season. Um, he's actually a WHL guy, but he, he wasn't really on my radar. I mean, I he, I do recall him fighting Cody McDonald in junior, but I don't recall him fighting any any other top guys. And um, he made his pro debut last season, uh, and he just had the one fight in 15 games. Actually, his fight, funny enough, was against uh, Josh Thor. Um, <laughs> it was probably a draw, actually, so you're right. It's probably, you know, it was close, right? Um but he's been very active this year. I've been impressed. And I, I don't know, maybe it's because a guy like Klotz has been injured. He's he's had to kind of step up. But yeah. um, Josh Thrower, uh, last year, 11 fights. This year, just two. Um, he did have the TKO against Blatchman. Um, 
great fight against Van Bokel before this season. Uh, Melindy, Cassie, uh, Jake Kearley, TKO last year. You know, we've we seen these guys fight. It was close, but I, I am going to go with a more experienced guy and say a very slight edge, Josh Thrower. Yeah, I take Josh Thrower in that one too. He's just um, one of the, Josh Thrower is kind of like one of the last really tough guys to come out of the dub. I think too that was kind of like he was doing it on a consistent basis to where you get kids coming out of the dub now, and there's no slight. It's just the environment that they're in. But you you know you might have like the 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 four or five fights, but I think you uh you definitely had a, 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 the last of a dying breed in a Josh Thrower, and you know I I love watching the Thrower boys out there in um, Atlanta. So I uh, yeah I have to give it. To Josh Thrower, though, over Tyson Helgeson as well. Um, the next matchup we have is Ross Olsen versus Lewiski. And who did you have taken this one, John? Uh, yeah, so Lewiski, you know, really impressive season, you know, especially for a rookie. I had 10 fights. Um, yeah, another, coming out swinging. Yeah, another WHL guy um, in junior. I know he fought Riley McKay and Dawson, but I probably give the edge to McKay and Butt, but those are tough guys. Um little undersized, 5'11", 190. Uh, this season had a good fight with Pachiro. Um, I probably have him losing to McNulty. Uh, we mentioned the Sean Allen fight. You know, it's a big adjustment turning pro. Um, you got to respect his willingness to go. He's obviously got hard, and I, I think he's going to keep improving. Um, so up against Olsen, uh, Olsen, eight fights, big guy, 6'4", 216. Um I just think Lewiski is up against a bigger and more experienced guy in Ross Olsen. I, I got to go Ross Olsen on this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one is actually a really fun matchup, and I, I would actually be curious to see this fight in real life. Um, <laughs> polarizing ECHL figure, uh, my, Michael Robidoux versus Austin Crosley. Uh, I I think I'd have Robidoux winning this one personally. And I, I love Austin Crosley. Got to watch him a lot this year when he was with Florida. Uh, you know, had, had that fight versus Howe, which unfortunately did not go his way at all. But Crosby's one of the most willing guys. And last year, rookie season came out swinging with, if I recall, he he had 11 fights last year as well. I think he had 10 or 11. I know he was at the limit. Um, or it might have been he actually had 10, and then he had, I think, one or two more in the playoffs. So he ended up, I think, with maybe 11 or 12. Um, but I got to give it to Robidoux. And I, it was actually the last fight that Robidoux had. That's real, I, And maybe it's just because it's fresh in my mind. Um, but he had the whole like rip, like, excuse me, the Rick Rippin, like, you know, has his hand coming up, trying to dodge punches and block punches like that. And I just, that's a guy that kind of knows what he's doing. And Crosley, I just think is just doesn't quite have the experience that Robidu has. That was my thought going into the fight. John, what did you think? Uh, so this is the first one I'm going to disagree with you on. Um, so Robidoux, you know, had the eight fights. Um, he is undersized, 5'9", 175. They have him listed at, um, he's a lefty. You know, wherever he goes, chaos follows this guy. Um, uh, good fight with Alex Crom. I did have him losing to Hoffman. Uh, his fight with Zach Walker, that could be fight of the year. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, got uh, on the other side, you got Cross with nine fights. Um, wins over Benton Mass, win over um, Kara. Uh, Crosley fought, man, he fought all the big guys in junior. Um, Steel, Anya Bucci, Jeff Faith, Kyle Powell. When he turned pro, he fought Klotz, Marino. Um I have a lot of respect for Cross. You know, like look at all those shots he took from like uh clocks last season. He just stood in there. Um Robido, he's an entertaining guy and he's he's good at getting under people's skin. I, I do think he picks his spots a little bit, and I am gonna go Crosby. And I think it'd be a close scrap, though. There you go. Yeah, I am down with Crosby. I was I was upset when Florida let him go. Um but 
now they have McDonald back in the lineup, so hopefully we get that back. They haven't been playing Nuber, so I'm, I'm a little salty with Florida right now, but it's okay. Um, the next fight was Adrian Baraldo versus Mitchell Hurd. Uh, John, who did you have taken this one? <clears throat> so Baraldo, just the nine fights coming out of the OHL, so so not a ton of experience. Um, he did have the seven fight, or he has five, uh, seven fights this season. Um, good fight with Jimmy Soper. Um Fought Evan Poli up in the AHL, and that guy's man, that guy's tough as shit. He fought uh, Aleski as well. Mitchell Hurd, uh, three fights. He's not very active, but it makes sense. I mean, this is a second round pick of Colorado. Um, I mean, he's a point per game player in the ECHL. Great fight with Howard this season. Uh, fought Ryan McKay up in the AHL. Um, you know, Mitchell Hurd, he's just a veteran guy, and, and I'm going to give him the win here. Yeah, I got to agree. I got to give it to Mitchell Hurd in this one. And, man, I will say I miss having Mitchell Hurd and Cole Fraser on the same team in Toledo last year. They were just running amok against everybody. And then, you know, you'd have Hurd throwing hands. You'd have Fraser throwing hands. You got some fan throwing walleye on the ice after fights. I mean, it's great. You got to love it. <laughs> Parker, too, man. I think he I think he might be in Europe this year. Or... What did you say? Was that you said Ian Parker? Yeah, they had him down in that Toledo. That's right. I think he because he was with Orlando and then he went to Toledo after that. I think because he fought he fought Skio in in Toledo, right? Yeah, or it might have been the other way around. Was he in Toledo and went to Orlando after? I don't. Know. I can't remember. We don't. But get... I, yeah, he's in the league this year, so I, I think he might be in Europe, but I'm not sure. The huge dude, though, man. But yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that, that, the Toledo was last year was actually a really fun team to watch. Yeah. Um, so the next one, moving over to the right side, that was the first, uh, was that 16 guys we had? Yeah, so the next 16, uh, this was a good one, was Jimmy Mazza versus Shaw Boomauer. Um, John, who do you have taking this one? Oh, this is a close one, man. Um, so Mazza has uh, five fights this season. You know, another guy turning pro with not a lot of fighting experience. Um, I think he had seven fights in the USHL before playing college. Um, this season, a uh, good fight with uh, Aiden McDonald, had the win over Llewellyn. I uh, did have him losing the fight to Morazic. Um Boomhauer just, I think he just got the four games in and just the one fight. Um, another guy, though, just five fights coming out of the OHL, but he does have 20 pro fights under his belt now. Um, his fight this season against Scott Allen. Scott Allen's a giant, man. Um, 6'8", 265. He did very well in. Um, yeah, this is the, one of the closest matchups I thought in the first round. It's kind of a flip a coin for me. I'm going to say Boomhauer, but, you know, I mean, ask me tomorrow. I might say Mazza. Yeah, I took Boomhauer in this one as well. Um, and the thing with Boomhauer, it's like he doesn't fight too, too often. But, man, when he does, he just delivers. He's like this that sneaky guy that every time he fights, you just can't be mad watching a Shaw Boomhauer fight. Um, Jimmy Mazza, definitely a tough guy. I was glad to see him go to Orlando. And I think it was at the, was at the end of last season he got there. Or was that Olsen? One of, I know one of the two went there. Um, towards the end. I think it might have been Mazza, though, not off the top of my head. Real professional podcast here. Clearly, I did my research, folks. Um, but, no, I, I like the combination of Olsen and Mazza out in Orlando this year. It made the, the Blades versus um, Solar Bears games a bit more fun because Orlando, I think Orlando was really lacking that that edge that they had, or excuse me, that they were lacking the edge that they have this year, uh, last year. So, I I enjoy Jimmy Mazza, but I got to go Shaw Boomer as well. Um, the next Sorry, one. I'm... What's that? Sorry, I... Orlando, actually, they might even lead the league in fights this year, I think. Are they really? I think so. So it's quite a turnaround for them. Let me see. You know what's funny? Somebody literally just posted. I should have looked at that. I don't know. Somebody posted in the uh, the Enforcer Appreciation Group 
the fight totals for the year. I got to see if that post is still fresh. But they took like the EC. Though I think the only thing they didn't have was like the LNH. Here it is. Um, let's see here. Yeah, no shit, they did. So, so the ECHL teams uh, leading the league in fights this year. Orlando Solar Bears number one at forty one at Greenville with thir- Greenville Greenville with thirty five. Well, you could have if you'd have told me that I'd have been like you're crazy. What was that? Greenville's got Knackbauer. He's got fourteen fights, man. Well, oh, I know that he just fought again last night. For Christ's sake. <laughs> Knockbauer's yeah. been crushing. I mean, I know that, but I didn't know yeah. that as a team they had that much. And the same with the South Carolina Stingrays. You could have fooled me on that one, too, saying they had 34 fights this year. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. Good. Look at you. This is why I bring you on, John. You, you come prepared. I don't have to do any research. You just make my life a lot easier. But, yes, the Orlando Solar Bears led the league with 41 tilts this year. Um, but – the next matchup we have, and this was uh, unfortunately a tough draw for Yemens, and it's a tough draw for anybody who gets clots. But of course, that was Brandon Yemens versus or Yemens, Yemens, however you prefer to say it. Uh, Brandon Yemens versus Garrett Klotz. And who did you have taken this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to go Klotz. Um, yeah. So, yeah, small guy, 5'9, 175, seven fights this year. Um, I haven't seen him fight any big names since he turned pro. Uh, had a great uh, great fight this season with Connor Fedorik. Um, I did have him losing to Samikin. Um, he's an Ontario junior hockey league guy, which is um, different from the OHL. So I haven't seen any of his fights in junior, actually. But um, he's up against one of the best in Klotz. Uh, Klotz just had the uh, – Klotz being injured, so he's only had 15 games this year, um, one fight. No, they did a. I saw a recent interview with Darian Spio, and he said the scariest dude he's ever gone up against is Garrett Klotz. I mean, this guy's 6'6, 250. Uh, one fight this year was against Kelly Ben. He had the win. You know, like you said, my Klotz is a tough matchup for anyone, but um, I think a, a much smaller Yemens is going to have trouble here. Yeah, I agree. And it's no slight to Yemens. I mean, he had probably the fight of the year with Andrew Bellant uh, at the very beginning of the year with the double TKO. Uh, but when you're taking on a guy like Klotz, like you just, Klotz probably has the best fight card out of the entire ECHL. If I had to just take a wild guess um, at that off the top of my head, you go through, look at the competition that Klotz has faced. And I, oh. I just. Uh, McGratton, I think you just posted that, right? Yeah. Yeah. He fought McGratton overseas. That was back in like 2016. Um, uh, he actually fought Daniel Amesbury, man. He wobbled him, um, you know, the ice horse champ. Um, Justin Johnson, Mike Scroy, John Morasti. Yeah, his, his resume is not. It's 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 ludicrous, honestly. Like it's a different. The fact that he's still playing is is crazy. Um, and so I I love Garrett Klotz, but yeah, I definitely got him taking that over Yemen. Um, the next one, fuck the 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 heart and soul of the Clash of the Coast tournament. Holy cow! Right with the fans rallying behind him. That was Chris Ordabody versus Dalton Thrower. Uh, John, who do you got taking this one off the rip here? Ah, man, this was a close one, too. And I, I love Order Body Man. Um, what a great interview he was on your show. Uh, the protege of Anthony Collins. Um, big dude, 6'4", 220. Fought Newber twice. Um, Crosley. Uh, Dalton Thrower. Dalton Thrower, just a one one fight this season. You know, but he's never been an extremely active fighter. I think um, the most fights he's ever had in a, in a season is pro career is five. But um, no question, he can really go. Uh, he fought Kyle Newber as well this season. Um, you know, originally I was leaning Dalton Thrower, but I was replaying a bunch of fights to get ready for this show. And, um, yeah, I'm going to pull an audible and go, uh, order body. 
I would have Ordo taking this one as well. And, you know, maybe it's just the Ordo body bias here on the show. But I agree with you, man. And I love Dalton Thrower, too, because he, like, the same thing as Boomauer. He might not fight all the time, but when he fights, he always looks good. But I think Ordobody's starting to get his feet under him in terms of fighting now because last year, of course, was his first year really kind of diving. Well, last year was his first fight against Blatchman, and so now he's got, you know, starting to get some notches in his belt, and I think Ordobody's just going to get better as time goes on. Um, unfortunately, he was just released by Worcester today or yesterday, um, so I'm curious to see where he lands next season. But I would probably have Ordobody taking this one over Thrower as well. Um, the next one, this would have been a good one too, is James Melendi versus Dallas Durads of Greenville. Uh, John, who you got taking this one? Um, I had to go Melendi. Uh, yeah. you know, and I, uh, I should say congrats to James Melendi, man, on a great career. Kelly Cup champ, um, captain of the Growlers. Uh, tough D-man, uh, played for Moncton in the queue. Less active as a fighter recently. Um, this season he fought Yannick Turcotte. Man, that was a great fight. Yeah. Uh, both that throwing bombs really exciting fighter to watch um Durad's, uh five fights this season uh another smaller guy five foot nine 195 they have him listed at um i think he had a tko against uh jacob friend this season actually but um yeah tough guy but um you know he really goes for it in his fights but i, I have to go with james malini i think just this might be kind of a case of more heavyweight versus middleweight. I think so too. And yeah, like you said, congratulations to James Melindy, who is of course just announced his retirement from pro hockey. Um, great career for him, but yeah, I agree. He's got, he's starting to get into that heavyweight category with Melindy as opposed to Gerard, who's kind of more so a middleweight. So I would definitely go with Melindy on that one as well. Uh, the next one, this is where we start getting into the section of everybody just blame my wife for everything, because this was where the matchup started getting really wonky in terms of why are these in the first round? And I had that asked multiple times, and I just said, just blame my wife. So take all the complaints to Mrs. Five for fighting. Uh, but this matchup here is Kyle Newber versus Yannick Turcotte. Uh, John, who you got taking this one? I mean, yeah. Kyle Newber, eight fights this season. When you talk about Kyle Newber, you, you know, you're talking about one of the best heavyweights in hockey. 6'4", 250 um, this season. Had the win over Galley, uh, win over Ian Mackey, uh, win over Ordabody, uh, fought Travis Howe before Howe got called up. Um, I think, and I think he actually won that fight. In my opinion, that was one of that was one of the dubs for yeah. Newber in, the, in his fight with Howe that this year too. That, I, I would probably give him slight edge if I recall that fight. I'd have to look at it again, but I think I, I, on I, that would, I would too. It wasn't like you know Howe was getting peeled off the ice or anything like that. But I, yeah. I would I would give Newber the win in that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Turcotte, five fights this season. Um, experienced fighter man had 50 fights coming out of the queue. Um, great fight with Melindy, I think, which we talked about. Uh, I think he actually cut Melindy in that one, actually. But um, he's fought everyone, too, man. He's fought Howe, Doty, uh, Josh Gratton, Tom Sestito. I think this could be a close fight, but, you know, there's there's not many guys out there tougher than Kyle Newber, and I, I'm going to go Newber. I would too, but I think it'd be a little bit closer than people would think. And like, like you look at Turcotte's fight card, I, for today's standard, I mean, great fight card. Absolutely great fight card. And Kyle Newber's just been doing it for a, a little bit longer than Turcotte. Uh, so I got to give it to the Wiley vet and Kyle Newber. Uh, the next one, here we go. Your boy, Darian Skio versus Anthony Collins. What a fun first round matchup. That's an upset waiting to happen. Um, so, John, who did you have winning this one? <laughs> 
Yeah, so I mean, Skio is at the eight fights this season. Um, he had his fight with Travis Howe in preseason, which was, you know, it's just a marathon. Um, he is an absolute killer. But, you know, if you weren't too familiar with Skio, I think watching him go toe-to-toe with Travis Howe is like one of the, you know, baddest dudes in hockey. You know, it shows you this is an elite guy. Um, this year, regular season, he was undefeated. Um, I know some people hearing this are thinking, well, this is coming from a steel fan, but go through all his fights and, um, you know, like tell me which fight he lost. I honestly, I think you'd be hard pressed to even like find one. You'd even call a draw. Uh, Collins, huh, boy, uh, Collins, uh, four fights. Um, they don't come any tougher than, uh, Anthony Collins, man. You know, to me, the four kingpins of the ECHL in no particular order, I'd probably say Collins, Newber, Klotz and Steele. Um, I would definitely be up there if he wasn't in the AHL. And I, I, I think they're all capable of beating uh, each other. It just kind of depends on whose night it is. Um, so just the four fights for calling this season, but I guarantee you there is not a lineup of guys wanting to fight this dude. <laughs> yeah, This is a great title fight. And it's, you know, it's criminal that Anthony Collins would get bounced in the first round. Um, but I'm going to go steal by the slightest of edges. Yeah, this is one I really wish we could see in real life. And I wish we also got to see Anthony because I think what I guess what I'm trying to say is I think the measuring stick of the league is Travis Howe. And so based on how good if these guys have never fought, but if they fought Travis Howe, because, of course, Skio fought him. I think Collins and Howe have actually fought, but it was a few years back. And so I don't know if there's any footage out there, Um, but I think. Twice, but I have haven't been able to find footage either. Yeah, yeah. So it's just the, the joys of trying to find fight footage today. Um, I fuck. <laughs> I don't know who I'd pick for this one because most of these, I this, like a lot of these matchups. I, I could pretty much say, yeah, okay, I got this guy, I got this guy. This is when you got to sit down and like really think about. Um, I don't know. I mean, I. I would say maybe I probably would have picked Collins just because he's got a little bit more under his belt. Because as we were talking before we got going, um, I mean, fuck, he's been in the league since 2013-2014 season. So I think he just has a little bit more experience. But Skio, definitely a tough dude. And he's we saw how well he did against Travis Howe. It wasn't like it was a murder scene or anything like that. So it just shows you how tough Darian Skio is. But for me, I would pick Collins. Excuse me, yeah, I'd pick Collins just because I think he's got a little bit more under his belt for the time being. But that's not to say Skio won't eventually get to that point either. And who knows if they fight next year? Uh, you know, Skio could beat Collins. You never know. Um, that's the joys of hockey fights. Is it's any given night somebody could win. But I'll, I'll say Collins. Just uh, I'll, I'll you know go against the grain here and say Collins. But you know, I almost feel like you're scared to tell me that. No, I'm not scared of time. Fuck, I'll tell you anything, damn it. I'm mad. What was that? It's almost like you're like, how do I how do I say Collins without getting John mad? Yeah, exactly. How do I not upset him? <laughs> well, because you rigged the whole tournament for Skio, of course. Yeah. Folks, I can't make this up. We had somebody message John, because of course, if you don't follow John on Instagram, but he's the Hockey Fight League and he posts tilts here and there. Um, of what league, I don't know, because I would be pressed to say of whatever league that John post of um, but he uh, ended up getting a DM and it was from the same guy that the same guy messaged me saying the tournament was rigged and then I sent John the screenshot I was like oh yeah here we go it's a, I rigged the fucking tournament about 10 minutes later same fucking dude messaging John oh you're telling people who to vote for with Skio so I messaged the guy I was like fuck dude 
what's stopping you from because he was a he was a Florida fan. So I said, what's stopping you from telling people to go vote for you know Newber, McDonald, or Crosley here? Like you can't get mad at somebody just to say go to vote in a tournament. I can't make this up, folks. These are people who actually get mad about a hockey fight hypothetical tournament. It's the joys of social media. Um, but the next one, and this guy had a pretty good following from his team. They're very supportive of him. Uh, is Chris Cameron versus Justin Knockbauer. And like Chris Cameron, boy, the Indie Fuel social media love themselves some Cameron. And I'm I'm here for it. The more advertisements for tough guys these days, the better because that is pinnacle minor pro hockey. You always got to support the tough guys, which at the end of the day, that's what this tournament was about. Um, but you, you love to see it when a social media team actually like dives head first for their, their tough guys. And Indie Fuel definitely love themselves some Cameron. Um, but John, between Cameron and Knockbauer, who do you have taken this one? I think this was this would be a close one. Um, yeah. So you have Cameron, um, six fights on the year, big dude, six four, two thirty, um, only thirteen fights coming out of the OHL. But I, I really like this kid, man. Um, good fight with Brazola this season. Great fight with Andrusiak. Uh, fought Sean Allen, Jacob Friend, um, Knockbauer, fourteen fights now, which is pretty awesome when you have a ten fight rule in the league. Um, his fight with <laughs> One of the best fights of the year. Good fight with Jackson Leopard. Uh, Crosley, he fought. Um, I give him the win over Mackenzie Dwyer. Um, yeah, these are two young guys I really like watching. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chris Cameron. I said Cameron too, and they're both big guys. And I was surprised by Knock because I don't remember. Did Knockbauer fight the? He didn't fight this much last year, did he? No. I know. I, I, I know he dropped the gloves a few times, and I'm going to do this off the fly here, folks. Like again, very well prepared uh, podcast here, but I because that's why I was like, because so, it, it came pretty early when he was when the suspension was announced for his ten fights. I was like, fuck, knockout. I was like, no shit, because uh, I just didn't remember him fighting a lot last year. So let's see here, um, twenty yeah, so twenty one, twenty two, he. He fought twice in the ECHL and once in the AHL. And so yeah. that surprised the hell out of me this year to see him come in and just <laughs> drop the mitts 14 times. So, I mean, I would, so I was like, man, I got to start following this guy and I'm loving it. So I'm down with Justin Knockbauer, but I think, I think Cameron takes this one versus him. Um, this is so slight to Knockbauer. I just think Cameron's had a little bit of the better opponents, I guess you could say. Um, so I went with Cameron there. Maybe the Indy Fuel have persuaded my uh, my thoughts on the uh, the tournament here. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take Cameron in that one. But the next one would actually be another pretty good one. Uh, Jack Van Bokel versus Mike McKee. Who you got taking this one? Uh, Van Bokel, so he's got the five fights this season. Uh, massive dude, 6'7", 216. Um, fought Anthony Collins twice. <laughs> I'd probably give Collins the wins, but I, I thought Van Bokel had a, actually a really good showing. Yeah. Uh, Todd Allen, um, Mike McKee, uh, just the two fights. Uh, big dude as well, 6'5", 235. He used to be way more active. You know, you probably only see him fight once or twice a season now. But, um, you know, he can, I mean, he can really fight, man. He's got a good fight card in his career, too. Uh, Jacob Doty clots uh, a bunch of times. Um, as tough as Mike McKee is, I think he's looked sharper in the past. And I, I think like any skill, if you don't use, you know, if you don't use it, you kind of lose it. And that's not to say McKee isn't tough anymore. Not at all. But I think a more um, active Van Bokel probably gets the edge here on McKee. Yeah, I'd say so. Van Bokel's got the size. He's a bit more active. And 
Uh, and, you know, and talking to guys, too, in the role, sometimes if they even if they lose a fight, they almost want to fight again right away just so they, you know, you get back on the right track and you don't get in the wrong headspace or anything like that. And um, it comes fresh to your mind. So I, I got to go with ja- uh, Jack Van Bokel in that one as well. Um, and that's that's the first round matchup. So hopefully, uh, you know, <laughs> we didn't piss anybody off too, too bad. I'm sure somebody's mad. Um, and, you know, we'll be getting DMs and hate mail later on and the Netflix documentary of how Clash of the Coast was rigged will be in production as soon as this episode's over. But uh, moving on to the second round, we'll go head on over back to the left side here. Um, and that is Sean Allen versus Nico Blatchman. And this one's tough for me because I, Nico, I love you and I know you're listening. I, I would take Sean Allen in this fight and that's no slight to you, Nico. Uh, I just think Sean Allen's got the size and that's no... That's not saying that Nico would definitely be willing. He's he's not you know going scared. He's going to go wide open against a Sean Allen, and it just shows you the kind of guy Nico Blatchman is. But I I got I like Allen using the size advantage here and maybe getting getting Nico strung out a little bit um, with his reach. So I went with Sean Allen over Blatchman in this one. John, what do you got? I think this one has fight of the year potential. Yes. Uh, I think Sean Allen maybe lands the better shots though, um, and I I go with him. Um, you know, I can see Nico heading off the ice after. Well, Cincinnati fans, I'll give him the middle finger. And <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go Sean Allen. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Nico's doing something to piss the fans off. Um, you know, God, that that photo with the main fans flipping him off, just leg- like legendary. You know, it was. A, I had like four of them printed out because I wanted to do a giveaway on the channel or the channel on the Instagram page. But uh, yeah, never never got those signed by Nico since someone wanted to steal my truck keys out in Norfolk. So that was fun. Yeah, brutal. Um, I'll, I'll, eventually, that's going to happen, folks. So if you're listening, uh, eventually I will be doing a, a Blatchman giveaway on the Instagram page. When I don't know because I still got to get him signed because now now I'm probably going to have to send him down to Florida in the off season when he's uh, hanging out and relaxing out there poolside in Miami. But. The next matchup we have is Fournier versus Maggio. Who you got in that one? Uh, so these guys, they have actually fought before. I think uh, I think twice in the AHL. Um, I think they were both pretty uneventful. This one's close. I, I'd probably go Maggio, but you know, I don't think there's any wrong answer here. Yeah, I agreed. I went with Maggio in this one as well. Um, and Fournier, Fournier is getting. I think he's just at the point in his career where he's just fighting less and less, and it's just you know you've done it for so long you you got hard miles on your body i mean you're you're an established veteran in the league you don't need to be fighting too too much anymore but you know i think he just keeps it in the back pocket and pulls it out when he needs to but i got maggio taking that one as well um and the next one actually was a, i think did they fight i can't remember if they fought in real life last season but josh thrower versus ross olsen do you know if they fought you know it you know it's funny actually yeah i just kind of make notes here uh to remind me of stuff but um these guys have never fought before and it really surprised me. I'm like, surely same same division. They must yeah. have, but I couldn't anything of them them fighting each other. No. Oh man. Well, and that if that's the case. And all the all, I don't have any video evidence to refute me. But I got Josh Thrower taking this. Josh Thrower just a wily vet uh, over Ross Olson, who's still kind of up and coming. And there's no slight to Olson, but I think Josh Thrower is just on a different level um, than where Olson is at right now. Yeah, I um, you know, I, I talked about who I thought kind of the elite four were in, in Newber, Clot, uh, Steele, Collins. I think Josh Thrower is not far behind those guys. Um, I, I'm I, Ross Olson's tough man, but I, I'm going to give Thrower. Uh, I'm going to give Thrower the edge here. Yeah, I agree. I would put definitely put 
Josh Thrower and probably top five for for the tough guys in the league right now. You're not far off at all there, saying he's one of the kingpins. Um, and Robidoux versus Hurd was the next matchup. And I had Mitchell Hurd taking this one. I don't know about you. Um, and like like he said, uh, I think Mitchell Hurd just got the – well, Robidoux's been in the league for quite a bit too, but I think Hurd just has a little bit better experience um, in terms of fighting and – uh, you know, I know he doesn't do it all the time. Like you said, he's a point per game player. They want him on the ice. They don't want him fighting all the time. But when Mitchell Hurd fights, he 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 just always pretty looks pretty good. I I haven't really seen him have that bad of a fight since since my time following him. Now, of course, I've gone back and looked at his older stuff. But for my time watching the ECHL starting from last season, I mean, Mitchell Hurd's looked good the entire time. Yeah, I think both these guys are you know if they're they're both swinging away. Um, I, I can see her catching Robodeau and dropping him. I think Robodeau will probably pop up quickly and want to continue. But, um, you know, uh, yeah, I'd probably go Mitchell Hurd. And then you'd have the, you know, Mitchell doing his uh, victory lap around the rink. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll go Hurd on this one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be a Mitchell Hurd fight if he ain't fucking pumping up the crowd and, you know, getting the getting the walleye thrown on the ice. God, this is, this is one of the most tremendous things ever. I don't know why. It's just funny to me. Throwing a walleye on the ice after a tilt. Tremendous. Um, the next fight, and now, now we're already back over on the right side here is Shaw Boomauer versus Garrett Klotz. Uh, who you got taking this one? You know, we saw Shaw Boomauer do very well against, you know, Scott Allen, who's an absolute giant. Um, no disrespect to Scott Allen, but he's not Garrett Klotz. Um, Garrett, Garrett Klotz, man, he's just, he's just a bad dude. And I, I think Boomhauer it would be tough. We'd be in tough year against them. Yeah, I I do think this is one of the upsets. I because I would have Klotz win in this one, but Boomauer fans came out and in droves and voted for Shaw Boomauer over Garrett Klotz, and that's I mean I can't say anything bad about Boomer because he's a hit club he's a hit club athlete as well, a hit club hockey supply athlete. That's going to be he's doing the merch, so I don't know if I could really badmouth Boomer that much, but uh, I got to go with Klotz here uh, against Shaw Boomauer. But Boomauer did end up taking this round. I f- I forgot we've gone through the whole tournament. I haven't even said who took each round, as if anybody has followed it. <laughs> yeah, but actually, well, for, for the most part though, what we said was kind of the end result. So so. Far the first round we weren't far off i think there was only like two that you know didn't end up who we picked um but yeah i gotta go with clots there but boomauer did end up defeating him and moving on to the uh would have been the quarterfinals so the next matchup is chris ordabody versus james melindy and john who you got taking this one you know man there's been some tough matchups to call in this tournament and this is another one for me um i could see this one being a draw but you know, if I have to pick, I'd probably go Melindy. Yeah, I think Melindy just has a little bit more experience over Ordo body. Um, and again, that's no disrespect to uh, to Ordo, but Melindy, I think, just has he's a little bit of a higher caliber than where Ordo body's at right now. And I think Ordo body's going to get there eventually. I just think it's not it's not quite this time to where Melendi, what I should say was at because since he's retired now, but Ordobody did end up actually taking this one. And I think it was after this tournament or after this matchup was when like Worcester got a hold of this and was like, holy shit, like Ordobody's in this. And it was like, you know, the fan, the fan groups or like, it was the ice crew, the, the booster club. They announced it at the game for fans to go vote. I mean, it was, they had Ordobody fever out there in Worcester for this tournament. So that was awesome to see. Um, the next one, Oh boy, this is another one that sucked to vote on in the first round, and that is Kyle Newber versus Darian Skio. John, who'd you pick? <laughs> and 
Risky O'Collins in the first round and then Newver in the second. Like, you're you're trying to kill my boy here, man. <laughs> uh, I think similar to uh, similar to Steele versus Collins, I, I think this fight can go either way. Um, you know, these are two guys at the top of the food chain. Um, I'm I'm gonna say Steele squeaks out another decision here. If yeah, if they fought, I I don't I don't know. I think it would almost probably be like Hal versus Skio, where nobody really went down at all. It was just a heavyweight marathon, and they're not they're just throwing bombs the entire time. Um, I would personally probably take Nuber. Eh. Maybe not. I would say Nuber just because maybe he's, again, the veteran status, but that's not to say, again, Skio is young and hungry too, and it's almost, those guys are harder to fight because they're, you know, they don't have those hard miles on their body just quite yet. Now, Skio does because he just loves to fight, and, you know, that's why we love Darian Skio. But I don't think he has the miles on him like Kyle Nuber does, but uh, I'll give a slight edge to Nuber, but I wouldn't be, like you said, with the result of Skio because Skio did end up moving on from this round. Um, I think this is this is when your campaign really got hot was in the Nuber because <laughs> the the tilt versus Nuber because you knew you were gonna need some backup here. I think this is when the the campaign train started leaving the station for John's Instagram account. <laughs> um, yeah, it had to have been this one because that was when you know that Florida Florida fan got mad. We were rigging it for Skio apparently. Um, <laughs> I still I just can't get over that. It's so funny. Uh, so the next matchup we had was uh, Chris Cameron versus Van Bokel. And I had Cameron taking this one, and that's who ended up moving on in this round. Um, I just like Cam- well, they're both pretty big dudes. I-, I think Cameron just got a little bit more fire in him than Van Bokel in this fight. Uh, John, what do you think? Yeah, like two big boys, like you said. You know, I, I feel like a broken record, but you know, this is this is a really close fight, man. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give the edge to Van Bokel. I just think he's fought tougher competition than Cameron. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll go with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm down with that. Um, so the next one here is now we're into the was this quarterfinals. Yeah, I'm trying to like look at the. I've, I've looked at this bracket so many times, my eyes are going cross. Damn it. Um, so now we're in the quarterfinals. Back over to the left side, and we have Sean Allen versus Dan Maggio. I had Allen taking this one. Um, I think it would be a lot better fight than people would give it credit to because I I know this the Cincinnati fans they love themselves from Sean Allen, and I mean every right to because he's awesome guy um and definitely loves to throw down but i think it would be a little bit closer than people give it credit to but i think at the end of the day alan's size on maggio i think he works it in his advantage and is able to out out punch maggio a bit yeah maggio i mean his fight card is insane like we talked about but yeah yeah, such a strong season man so um i agree with you i'm gonna go uh i went with alan yeah, for sure. Um, and then the next one, this would this is another one that would have been good. Um, and the end result, I agree with too. But that was Josh Thrower versus Mitchell Hurd, and I think this one's going almost like toe to toe. I'm trying to think if they ever. I don't think they would have ever fought, but they've been around for so long. But Hurd was in the AHL more, so I think yeah, I don't think they've ever fought in real life. But I got Josh Thrower taking this one over Mitchell Hurd. I think he's just a little bit more stout. And he's able to stand in the pocket and, and kind of control the fight a little bit more than Mitchell Hurd. But I don't think it would be a bad fight. And I think at the end of the day, the fan, the fans would be the real winners. But I got Josh Thrower. Yeah, I went uh, Thrower too. Like I said, I just think he, I think he's one of the top guys in the ECHL. Yeah. Um, the next one is this one. Actually, I think this would be a great fight in real life. And was one I really wish we hopefully get to see someday. And that's Shaw Boomauer versus Chris Ordabody. And who did you have taken this one? Um, I'm going to go with Ordabody. 
I think he uses his size advantage here to kind of control the fight and uh, land the better shots. Yeah, um, I would love to see. Like again, this is what I want to see in real life. And it was funny. Got to the point in the tournament. I'm like, I need order body to win because we got to have the railers to keep this fucking train going. <laughs> um, order body did end up getting the win, and I could see it going either way. But I mean, I I do like order body's odds in this fight far better than uh, order body versus Melindy of last round. So I I would agree. I I, I could see order taking this one versus Shaw Boomhauer. Um, but at the end of the day, too, I could also see Shaw Boomer taking one over Order Body. So flip a coin, and I guess whatever one, whatever one it lands on is who I'm picking. Uh, the next one is Darian Skio versus Cameron. And who does you have taken this one? You know, like Cameron, he's looked really good to me. Um, yes. I wish the fight against Sean Allen was a little more eventful because I'm I'm interested to see how he does against top guys. Off the top of my head, I don't really recall him fighting any other um, big names yet. Um, I think he's gonna have a good career, uh, but I gotta go with Skio on this one. Yeah, I gotta give it to Skio too. Um, and see, yeah, I would love to see Cameron fight guy like you know get get those those really big heavyweight guys. The problem is you know they're getting less and less every year as we go through. So it's like you know what's the measuring stick at the end of the day? But yeah, I, I would see Skio taking this one as well. Um, and that actually brings us into the final or not the finals, um, the semifinals. And so the semifinals of uh, the left side of the tournament was Sean Allen versus Josh Thrower. Uh, John, who did you have taken this one? Um, I had Josh Thrower winning this one, but just oh man, very slightly over Sean Allen. This is this is a close fight, man. But yeah, I, I went I went Thrower. Yeah, I mm, Allen ended up winning. And I'm not mad at that, but I think personally I might have picked Josh Thrower for now, um, because again, it's just that that he's got that experience on him. Oh, as don't mind my bird dog going fucking nuts in the background. Yeah, great, great podcasting material, Alec. Uh, yeah, talking about you, buddy, coming here ruining the damn show, running a muck out here. Um, <laughs> fun, riveting content. Uh, but yeah, I gotta go. I, I would have taken Josh Thrower personally, but I'm not mad that Allen made it to the finals either. Um, but yeah, I probably gone Josh Thrower. The next one, and this was your biggest battle for your campaign. You had to go so hard for this one. Was Chris Ordabody versus Darian Skio in the semifinals? Uh, who do you have taken this one? No, I, I love Ordabody, man. I'm a big fan. Um, I, I think he can hang in there with anyone in the league. Um, I do see this maybe going similar to Chris's fight with Nuber. I, I think Ordabadi lands some shots early um, before Darian takes over the fight. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, and it's just it's so hard to judge with Ordabadi because he's still just so fresh in the league. And the this is no disrespect to the North Division. It's just not quite the toughest division like what we see with the Central and like the South. Uh, with the guys that are rolling in there, so I, I just don't know if he's got that ex- like to, I guess to fight those guys to better himself to get to a guy like Skio, if that makes sense. Um, but at the end of the day, I love both these guys, but I gotta, I, I would definitely give this one to Skio, and that's that's no disrespect to Orta Body. Jesus, dogs going fucking nuts. I love this is my favorite part of podcasting while they just go nuts in the fucking living room. Um, yeah, I'll give it to Skio, but I got to give a shout out to Ordo Body for sending me that beautiful Worcester Railers military hat. So that was awesome. So thank you for that, Ordo. Uh, but that takes us to the finals, and that this 
I'm not even kidding, folks. This was the tightest voting we had. I got to go back to the picture to see the the final tally of what I had. But this was the tightest voting of the tournament. Actually, a lot of these fights were really close. There was only a couple that were like absolute runaways. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we had 712 votes for Sean Allen and 698 votes for Darian Skio. Uh, John, who did you have taking this one? Well, you know, we, we've seen this fight, you know, um, it was one of the best fights of last season. Um, I did give Steele the, uh, the decision in that fight. So I, I'm going to give him the decision here as well. Yeah, I agree. And it was so funny. People like try to hang their hat on that fight. And I mean, I get it. It's the one time that they fought. So it's like the, the reference material. But it's not like, you know, Skio didn't KO Allen or anything like that. But I, I think Skio landed the, the better shots and landed the more volume there. So I would also give the edge to Skio in that fight. They're well, clearly making my choice Skio uh, for the uh, the winner here. But Sean Allen did end up winning, and I'm not mad about it. But, yeah, some people were bitter, like, well, they fought, and I think Skio beat the doors off them or whatever. And it was like, well, let's, let's <laughs> calm down, buddy. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. You know, it's, it's okay. You know, Allen was still sta- – they were both standing at the end of the fight. Um, but Sean Allen ended up being the winner. So I want to say congratulations to Sean Allen. Um, I do have a question for you though. And because this was asked, of course, when, when I announced who was going to be in the tournament, I kept getting where's Travis Howe, where's Travis Howe. And of course he was in the AHL for most of the year. Let me ask you this. If Travis Howe is in this tournament, do you think he takes the whole thing? Um, I don't know, you know, and he'd probably end up in that bottom right of the bracket too. <laughs> yeah, somehow, yeah, somehow that that would it had been, yeah, you'd have had to go fucking Halvers Collins or Klotz off the rip or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, he he easily could. Yeah, he easily could. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in that, that he's in that elite group of, for me that, of the five guys, right? Like um, it is. It's 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 Collins, Skio, Nuber, How, and then Thrower. Those are like the top five. That's it. Well, Clots, I probably have. Oh yeah, clots too. And, and I think Josh Thor. I don't think he's far behind those guys. But yeah, yeah, yeah I because you know, like I said, I got asked multiple times. And I was thinking about. It, I was like, man, if I put, I said, if I did have How in this tournament, man, I would almost have him winning the whole thing personally. And that's just based off of what I've like. If you go back, even his time in the AHL this year, fuck, he hasn't lost a fight this year, and I don't know if he really. What's that? Did he? Uh, he um... Did Ian, Mc, um, what's his name? Ian McKinnon, did he beat Howe in the AHL? So their first fight, so the second fight they had was the better measuring stick for that one. The first oh. one, it was like Howe fell down. Like he like caught an edge oh, and, he, and the fight, okay. and that's what sucks too. Cause, and the refs didn't let him get up either. It was like, man, like he literally, like I think they got tangled. Like they, they grappled for a second and then Howe, like I think it was like his heel dug in or something and he just slipped. And I was like, fuck, oh, that was going to be such a good one. And the refs didn't let him get back up. And, of course, they count that as a fight. I'm like, why? Why would you do – look at these poor boys. You're going to charge them with a fight after this. Um, but they did end up fighting a second time. And I know they were also teammates in Jacksonville, I think, just last year. So, you know, this just shows what it takes to, uh, you know, how bad these guys want it and they're fighting each other like that. I do think, you know, because cause normally how how's a guy where – if he's beating the fuck out of you, he doesn't give a shit. And he's going to give it to you. And he, I think he started getting the better of McKinnon and just, you know, their former teammates. They're, I'm sure they're friends off the ice. And I think he led up a little bit towards the end, which, I mean, you can't. I'm not going to knock a guy for not beating the fuck out of his friend. Like, I can't I can't be mad at him for that. Um, but I do think, yeah, Howe ended up getting the win in that one. He had a, I think he won versus Imama the, in that fight this year. Um, 
I like I said the the only loss he really had was I guess against Nuber at the beginning of the year, but it wasn't a bad loss. It wasn't like Nuber just beat the fuck out of him the entire time. I just think Nuber outscored him there in that fight. So I personally, I would probably have Travis Howard in this tournament if I had him in here. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but uh, no, man, that was a, that was a lot of fun breaking. I mean, what what better way to spend a Saturday afternoon than being nerds and talking hockey fights, right? Uh, but no, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and talk hockey fights. It's always a always a pleasure as my fellow ECHL fight nerd, as him and I always just go back and forth all the time about fights or uh, you know different guys here and there, or whatever. So yeah, lots of fun stuff. Yeah, no, that was fun, man. And uh, hopefully you run the tournament again next season. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun. So uh, we can do this again maybe next year. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I apologize that, you know, the dogs were just going nuts. And of course, we have, we have you know, the entire podcast goes smooth. Last 15 minutes, they just got to run around and be assholes. So I apologize for that. Um, but I want to, you know, also, uh, again, say congratulations to Sean Allen for winning the tournament. At the end of the day, folks, take this with a grain of salt. It's not the end all be all, you know, Sean Allen isn't king of the, isn't going to, you know, <laughs> he's not getting a gift card to Sizzler or anything like that for winning the tournament. It's okay. Um, but I appreciate everybody who took the time to participate and, uh, you know, get involved in the tournament. It was a lot of fun. So, John, thank you for being so active and promoting Darian Skio and promoting the shit out of the <laughs> tournament. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I expect I, you know, you came up just short this year, so I, I think you got the off season to get your tactics and prepare your strategy for Skio's uh, campaign next year. <laughs> well, Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. You have yourself a good one. All right, man. Take care. Bye. You got